Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in creation with Pastor Warren Wirth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold. Hi, Pastor Wirth. Hi, Gary. How are you today? I'm doing well. And uh, what would you like to talk about today? What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind, you know, we've had a bunch of snow here in, in the Missouri, in the St. Louis area this last week, and uh, since we've been snowbound, I was thinking, oh my, I feel like an ice man. Well, actually, I was looking at the Answers in Genesis website, and they have an article there that I would direct our listeners to. It's called Utsi, the Iceman, that's O-umlaut, T-Z-I, the Iceman, a biblical perspective, and it's a neat article, but I want to compare that also with a Wikipedia article on the same subject, Utsi, O-umlaut, T-Z-I, and if you look that up, there's some information there from a non-biblical standpoint, gives you a little bit of background, and that'll lead us back to the Answers in Genesis article. Uh, Utsi, the Iceman, is a natural mummy of a man who lived sometime, according to the dating of the Wikipedia people, some uh, 3,350 to 3,105 years B.C. So they would say that's about a 5,000-year-old mummy. It was discovered in September of 1991 in the Alps between Austria and Italy. And it's an interesting story how people discovered it, but uh, it was visitors who were there who found the body, and they thought it was a recent murder. But when they actually brought people up there to recover the body and archaeologists were involved, they discovered it was someone who died a long time ago. (laughs) And his body has been examined very many uh, times by scientists here who... uh, examined uh, his the exterior of his body. He had tattoos. He had 61 tattoos, and they've done CAT scans and all kinds of analysis of things like his hair and his skin. They have uh, done his genome, and by uh, sequencing his genome, they decided that he was probably somebody from southern Europe, uh, possibly even from Corsica or someplace like that. Uh, and uh, they examined his, uh, uh, his skeleton and all of these things. And it's a, a fascinating story when they did this. That he even has intact blood cells. So that was something to find intact blood cells there. They examined his gut and in his gastrointestinal tract, they find H. pylori there. It was interesting. They examined the context of his contents of his stomach. He had a completely full stomach with undigested food, and so they were going through uh, what kinds of food that he was eating, and it showed that he had eaten uh, meat from ibex, red deer, and had grain cereals, uh, and so forth. So interesting uh, that they found all of these things. There was an arrowhead embedded in his shoulder, and so the question is, how did he die? At first, people thought he just froze to death up in the mountains, but then there's other indications that there were uh, cuts in his hand, and he may have bled to death, and they wondered if he bled to death from this wound from an arrow. It sounds like it might be a murder, and a a cold case at that. (laughs) A really cold case. (laughs) Very good. Touche. A good pun there. Well, when we compare what we read there at the Wikipedia website to what we have at the Answers in Genesis article that I referred to earlier. It's interesting that we get additional information that puts us in a biblical light. 
So uh, the article at Answers in Genesis points out that the man had comfort from head to toe, which is to say he was very well clad. He had um, uh, survival gear. Uh, Let's see. They talked about he had animal skins that were stitched together for his coat. He had waterproof shoes that had bearskin soles, deer hide uppers, cow leather shoelaces, and tree bark socks. Interesting. Uh, His coat was made from different animals, hides that were stitched together. He had a belt, leggings, and loincloth, each sewn together with animal fibers. On his head, he had a bearskin cap with a leather chin strap. He had a first aid kit uh, for medical emergencies. He had uh, in his possession different plants that were known to help heal wounds, cure disease, and fight parasites. Again, in his, uh, his diet appeared to be that he, uh, he had berries, and it wasn't just berries and seeds. He had a varied diet of wild goat, deer, uh, and wheat bran, likely bread. He had equipment to build a fire. His kit included a flint flake, pyrite to make sparks, a flammable type of tree fungus, known as tinder fungus, and he also carried two birch bark baskets that contained embers wrapped in leaves. So that would be the equivalent of having a box of matches with him. Um, He had a copper axe with him, 99.7% pure copper, which was cast, cold-forged, polished, and sharpened. He also had a flint knife on an ash handle. He carried a bow and arrows, His quiver had two finished arrows with fins and flint tips, along with 12 shafts and a spare string. And further study showed that he had this arrow that was lodged in his shoulder. It had struck an artery and may have caused him to bleed to death. Uh, So the question is murder or, like you said, a cold case murder or what (laughs) happened there. But all of this from the Answers in Genesis uh, author is saying it helps us to put to rest this idea that human beings were, you know, evolving from apes and were brutes and were stupid and unintelligent and so no, forth. Sounds this, like he was really, really prepared for anything he would encounter on his, exactly. on his journey. Exactly. And, and the dating, now the, the dating done by the secular people puts it like some 3,000 to 3,000 uh, 3, years B.C., mm-hmm. And uh, according to the dating that Answers in Genesis and Creation.com, who follow a biblical chronology, they would say, well, the flood of Noah's day probably happened some, you know, 2,000 some years. So it's 2,000 years back to the time of Christ, 2,000 years before that was the time of Abraham, and then maybe another 300 or 350 years before that to the time of Noah's flood. So we don't believe that the dating of the secular scientists is correct on this. Really, this would probably fit into the dispersion of people after the Tower of Babel. And this would be an indication of somebody uh, moving into the European area after that event, after the dispersion of the peoples from the time of the Tower of Babel. But it's interesting. Again, they were not brutes. Uh, He had, uh, he could survive better there than I would. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was thinking too. He was (laughs) well-equipped. Yeah. And when you read the Bible, even even before the time of, of Noah's flood, when the opening chapters of the Bible talk about people making tools with um, metal and, and so forth and making musical instruments. So people were not brutes. 
the people already, you know, from the time of Adam onward, had intelligence and built cities and, and had more capabilities than uh, some evolutionary-believing scientists would credit them with. So right. for us, you know, this is, we, we look at the Bible and then we look at what we find in a discovery like this and put the pieces together and say, it makes sense that it would fit in with the, the biblical chronology after the time of Noah's flood. And again, that people were not brutes, that they had these abilities, which is true even when you look around the world today in areas that we would think people are relatively primitive. They don't have a smartphone uh, or automobiles, but they are very smart in how they live where they live. So how they hunt, even if they're using what we would consider primitive tools like bows and arrows and so forth, they're very uh, intelligent and how they fit into their environment and how they've managed to live and, and make a living for themselves. And this would be similar to that. Right. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this discussion? Well, we always want to bring it back to Jesus, don't we? Because right. all of it needs to be looked at in the light of the gospel. And the fact that Jesus came to die for sinners. And we see the evidence of sin, that this man was wounded with an arrow. And so one would assume whether that was warfare or murder or something. Uh, Jesus Christ came into the world to rescue us from sin, of man murdering other men, uh, and all the other sins, of course, that we all are guilty of. And, and Jesus himself, the Son of God, was murdered for us, being put to death on the cross in order to atone for our sins and rising in victory on the third day so that in him we might have the forgiveness of sin. So as we read the Bible, it leads us to repent of our sins, to believe in Jesus as our Savior, and to ask God not only to forgive us, but help, also to help us understand his word and use his word as we look at the world around us. Right. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we wrap up this segment? I would be happy to do so. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are our creator and our redeemer. And when we find something like this man frozen in the ice for so long, it gives us a new perspective on the days of old. But help us always to look at these things through the lens of your word, the Bible, which we know is the truth, in which you tell us about our creation, about the fall into sin, and how you sent your own dear son, Jesus, to rescue us from our sin so that we might have eternal life with you. Strengthen us in our faith in him. We pray this in his most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the program today, Pastor. You're welcome. We're the Messenger of Good News. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio.